Hello and welcome back. We're going to start the show today by snacking on homemade ice cream and Mark brought it and I'm here for it. We're going to be talking about the gray and gritty details of long-term marriage. Also, we're going to be talking about using Facebook to find out whatever happened to and then the Disneyland for the new age crowd in Paranormal Corner. And welcome back to Snack Little Talk Little. I'm Mark. And I'm Jenna. And we have some food. I'm looking at it. I made homemade ice cream again. Yep. And this homemade ice cream, and mm. and as as you'll see, and by the way, we I took pictures of this. Of course, we always uh, post our pictures on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Snack a Little. And I'm going in while you talk. And I put in uh, cookies. Looks this like- is something that I did not buy. I mean, something that, that I did buy. The other stuff. Okay. Uh, it's the chocolate-covered wafer cookie, mm. and this one is from Trader Joe's. And I, I don't know if this one is more of a dark chocolate than one. Uh, you know, I think it's milk chocolate. Yeah, it does look milk chocolate. The, but now, uh, I know I had a previous time when I brought something like this in, and I had uh, the uh, chocolate-covered wafer cookie that had peanut butter. This one is just the chocolate and the wafer. Oh, okay. Yes, and I just great. thought I'd uh, janitize it a little bit try it. there. So this ice cream looks like it has spice in it. Uh, you need to taste it. And find out exactly what it does have in it. Mm. Now, this is not, this is homemade ice cream. It is not homegrown ice cream. Coconut. But this is made specifically for Jana. And a lot of love went into it. And I made it for her the whole time. Thank you. The whole time. <laughs> well, I thought of you the whole time. Oh, okay. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, that didn't come out correctly. <laughs> it's like, you made it for me in the beginning, but then you started thinking about making it for someone else. Right. And- <laughs> That's right. Okay, so there's coconut. <laughs> right. Um, mm. I mean, I'd say cinnamon, but hold on. Let me try another bite. Mm. Mm. It's pretty good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, is that cinnamon? It is. That's basically it. It's coconut okay. cinnamon ice cream. And that's the show. Thanks for calling <laughs> Thanks in. Thanks for calling in. Be sure to call our listener line. <laughs> Again. Because in case you guys missed it, there was a phone call. We Right? <laughs> it's like we think we're on the radio right now. Thanks for callers and for all your help. Mmm. Coconut cinnamon. What? Okay. So so just coconut? So did what the flavoring. This is, uh so what I did, this is actually store-bought coconut. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I guess it was last night, because I think I made coconut ice cream for you before. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if I brought it to the show. I know I brought it to a family dinner before mm-hmm. uh, that was triple coconut. Mm-hmm. This is only double coconut. So uh, this one has uh, the regular, you know, uh, half and half and cream type of stuff. Mm-hmm. It has, uh, so I took the packaged coconut that you get, the shredded coconut. Yep. And I put that in the blender and it blended it all up so you couldn't really have the flakes anymore. So then I also, just before I put it into the ice cream mixer, I put in like a cup of the flakes mm-hmm. so that you would have that texture, not just the taste. The sugar that I use is coconut sugar. Mm. It's not That's what gives the brown color to it because coconut sugar is brown. Right. And then obviously Brilliant. I put in uh, probably a quarter teaspoon of uh, vanilla and... Uh, Tastes great. Put in cinnamon until I thought you could taste the cinnamon. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, so it has a coconut, shredded coconut texture. You know, the shredded coconut itself has quite a lot of sugar in it. Right. The stuff you buy in the store. Yeah, it does. That sweetened it up quite a bit. Right. So I didn't use a lot of the coconut oh, sugar. I just have to, oh, I've got to take a picture of this. You know how I see things in other things? Right. <laughs> what do they call that? Like pareidolia or something like that. Although it's not always a face, but right now I see a face in my ice cream. And I have to take a picture. And I'll show you too, Mark. But I take a picture before it melts. So the cookie that we have is—it's uh, Roy Orbison. It's <laughs> <laughs> seriously. Do you see it? Do you see Roy down at the bottom? I can't see. I'll have to. I'll have to wait until your picture because okay. you probably got the right angle. Oh, there's okay. It's Roy Orbison on the bottom, and then now a new face showed up. It's an alien on top of Roy Orbison. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh, and there's a heart. I see hearts and everything. Oh, wow. Okay, sorry. That's Go the ahead. Love that was put into making this ice. Cream. I did take a picture, and it will be on the Facebook wall. <laughs> this is very good, ladies. It's very. This creamy. could be yours. He could be making ice cream for you all the time. Okay, so I'm going to try this wafer. 
Yeah, so the wafer is uh, just uh, something that I, I don't know, I don't know if it's new. It was new to me at Trader Joe's called Chocolate Covered Wafer Cookie. Uh, this was not an impulse buy at the register, even though these are at the impulse buy at the register stands. Mm-hmm. I actually went in there to get some dark chocolate mm. that I was going to shred, and I was going to shred these over the ice cream, but I thought, why shred them? Mm-hmm. Put in a put in, you know mm-hmm. broken break up the cookie a little bit wise choice and put the cookie in there so you can taste it but it's a, it's a really good thick uh, wafer cookie actually so I mean, that's a good I'd say that this is Trader Joe's own copycat of a um, sorry not a Twix what is the wafer cookie dang it Kit Kat thank you it's but this is better. It's uh, I don't I don't even know how to explain why it's better. There's just more flavor. I think it's because the the layers of chocolate, even though it's milk chocolate, and I know that we both like dark because right. there's just more flavor. But no, this is good. You know, the picture on this packet made it look like it was dark chocolate, but I guess it's not. But still, mm. it's still good with the coconut. Mm. Got some coconut chocolate. Man, this this well coconut ice done, cream's you. And I do like coconut. If that hasn't been mentioned before, Mark knows that I, knows that I like salted caramel, and I like coconut. And how could you go wrong? And I like cinnamon too. And I like chocolate, and I like wafers. And <laughs> guys, this could this all is, be yours. <laughs> this is my lucky day. Okay, now all you have to do is make some lasagna ice cream, because I do like lasagna. You know. <laughs> I don't know that that's going to happen. By the way, there will be coming up on a future show because we had a we had a throwdown challenge, a phone call from one of our listeners, and it is going to happen. It's just that we have to dime it just right because Mark and I take turns and one or the other of us is doing snacks at different times. And sometimes I fear that when there's something that, that requires prep, just like Mark, you don't want it to sit in your freezer for too long. Right. Um, otherwise it's going to get the ice crystals or you're going to eat it. And so anyway, uh, yeah, we sometimes I have to make sure that whenever I make this thing, <laughs> the throwdown, the challenge, that it's a time when, when, uh, it's a convenient time for us to do a show. And the, and the reason Jana says that is because we were discussing what to have on the show today, uh, a couple days ago. And I said, look, I have ice cream that I made specifically for the show mm-hmm. in which I meant for her. That if if I don't because bring it I'm to the, the show, show. Because <laughs> if I don't bring it to the show, I'm gonna eat it because it's that good. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I can't have ice cream sitting in my freezer, sitting there not being eaten. And I have an entire uh, cab uh, cupboard section that's covered with towels. <laughs> that's podcast corner, right? And there are things in there that are all over part of things that we're going to snack on for the show, right? And I just don't happen to have put it somewhere else. I just have it there so with funny. towels covering it. I have the same thing out on one of my <laughs> counters in my kitchen. And some things just get thrown and I away have it blocked. because I don't I want have, it to be gross. I have it blocked by uh, a big bag of chips because I always have tortilla chips. And so my bag of chips is hiding the stuff that I have at my house yeah, for the show. It's a, it's, a, it's a bag of chips. <laughs> so I'm trying to do Dan Aykroyd there. You know, like bag of glass. You know, Amco or what was the thing on Saturday Night Live? I don't know. Like when he was yeah, doing it's a bag the... of it's a bag of glass. He was like selling everything, <laughs> and it's usually toys for the kids, a bag of glass, a I don't know, that's box your full thing. of nails. All right, you don't know what I'm talking about. I do. I'm, you I'm, guys, I'm actually thinking of the uh, when they did the Halloween show, uh, when he had, and this is it. This is Johnny Human Torch. It's a bag of oily rags mm-hmm. and, and some pins mm-hmm. <laughs> to pin them onto the. <laughs> We're talking about the same guy. You know what I mean. Yeah, okay. I'm with you. I'm All right. With you you uh, licking up what I'm <laughs> spitting out? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I I am snorting up what you are chopping through. This would probably not be the time to um, choke on a piece of coconut that went down the wrong pipe, right? <laughs> Excuse me. I have to cough, Mark. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> Oh, wait, I was supposed to talk over that so that people <laughs> couldn't hear it. He's relishing watching me. My eyes are watering. And... <laughs> All right. Well, so we go from something lovely and sweet and enjoyable. To marriage. To marriage. 
I got to tell you, both of us having been married before, uh, I already know this. Ladies. That <laughs> marriage starts out with fireworks and, you know, unicorns and rainbows. and But eventually it goes into the, 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 the daily, the day by day, not drudgery. <laughs> <laughs> but when I read this to you, I mean, for a moment, maybe it makes you stop and think. I mean, maybe, maybe there's something to just dating for the rest of your life. And having those like constant highs and not getting used to the same person, gentlemen. <laughs> so I'm just going to get into this. The gray, gritty details of long-term marriage. Mm. Is living happily ever after really a thing? All right. Wait, are you asking me? Because you're asking uh, the wrong person. <laughs> I was uh, two years with my first marriage, I think four with the second. Okay, ladies. So I've doubled. That's true. Ladies. You're learning. <laughs> so this person says, I have a client who was married for 25 years and is now several years post-divorce. As she contemplates getting involved with someone new, she says, I just can't imagine listening to someone slurping soup or chomping on chips when I'm trying to watch a TV show. I think I would stick an ice pick through their forehead. She's purposely exaggerating, but she's making a point that any of us who are in or have been in a long-term relationship know well. It's not easy to live with someone. It's the little things that can be the hardest. The annoying habits, the repeated stories, the gray gritty details of sharing a household. It's coming to terms with the way some things won't ever change. That the trajectory of the marriage is not, on some important metrics, a steady move toward ever better, ever stronger, ever more pleasurable. Sounds thrilling, doesn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> it's coping with the feeling that some things are actually harder, less strong, and less pleasurable. Too little of this truth is spoken about openly and responsibly, though I have taken a stab at it before. It's often spoken about derisively or with reactivity by people who are explaining their affairs or their decision not to settle down. I see day in and day out the striking difference between the youthful hopes of young couples and the lived, lived reality several years or decades down the road. The estrangement that sets in, the loss of hope, the settling, the bickering, the fighting, and the alienation. Why do the vast majority of us continue to try to walk this path? I'm going to try to address this question, but in doing so, I don't want to negate the struggles that are involved. I very much want to avoid the puerile claptrap that so often passes for relational advice, which oversimplifies and usually marches out a stream of how-to suggestions that are woefully inadequate to the reality of living with another human. I had one client tell me that when a therapist suggests date nights for their marriage, he knows he needs to keep looking for another therapist. Now that's interesting because I do think that's important, hmm. but let us continue. I want to remind us all that simply living a long life is hard work and not just living through a long marriage. In our 20s and 30s, when we have boundless energy and enthusiasm for the task ahead, we exist mostly in the hope of who we think we will become more than the reality of who we actually are. This is also true for careers we embark upon. We can be enthusiastic and passionate because we are all still largely untested, still thinking in terms of an imagined future more than how it is in the present. Life, work, children, and pretty much anything worth investing in requires an awful lot of hard work that is less pretty and glamorous in the day-to-day -day day than it is on Instagram. I mean, I agree. Right. So far, are you with right. me? Yeah. Changing diapers or dealing with screaming children who won't go to bed is not fun. Working hard to climb a corporate ladder only to discover the venality and political brinkmanship at the top is disheartening. And making it to your 30th wedding anniversary while being annoyed by slurping soup can make you wonder just what is this about? <laughs> this is so negative. I even, know. Even a negative person like me is... I'm offended by it. I'm like, come on, it's not that Does bad. it get any better? Oh my gosh. To my mind, the answer to all of these questions is one and the same. It's about valuing, valuing, valuing. Value. It's about valuing. And once you find out what the definition of that word is, you got it. <laughs> it's about valuing long-term integrity more than short-term pleasure. 
the internal more than the external and the spiritual more than the material. If it were easy, everyone would finish life as they started it, gorgeous and sexy and young. But the bruises and disappointments we suffer along the way should help us develop an inner resilience and the strength and wisdom that makes it ultimately worthwhile. Seasoning us. I like that. You know, we're at an age where we could be that we could be considered seasoned. You are. I'm 26. Right, right, right. (laughs) Seasoning us and making us more tolerant and understanding and compassionate for what is involved in being human. Even while the slurping soup still drives us crazy. So let us talk about this for a moment. I think this person needs a big hug. Let me tell you that. That is a lot of negativity about marriage. But I think that they're right. Well, I think there are points, but man, the way it's written just just sounded so... But but wouldn't anything else be candy coating the reality? The reality is, it is work. And you... Now, I don't agree with the date night because I do think that you have to... You have to make time for each other some way, even if it means that you can't always go on vacation or go to the movies or whatever. I mean, you have to find time where you do date and and check in. And um, I even think that I think that people should make like uh, memory jars or, or something like that. Things that remind you in the early days. Memory jar. What, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Well, Things about the person, the, the memories about this person from the beginning, and well, it's still really good. Things that you're going to need to hearken back to on the days where you do want to, like you know, shoot them with a so you want them to nail gun. When when in the early stages, you want them to write down something they really like and then put it on a note in a jar. Is what you're talking about? Yes, but I mean, not just big boobs. <clears throat> <laughs> I mean, you can. I mean, I'm not saying I mean, it's different for can everybody. I make two separate notes: one for the left boob, one for the right <laughs> boob. But I mean, let's say, um, gosh, I'm trying to. Let's say that you you love it when he calls you, you know, my choochy face or whatever. I mean, maybe that changes, or maybe oh, he doesn't shroopy. do it anymore. Right? <laughs> Just the things that you know that you used to love, or you know that time that you went to the Grand Canyon and uh, whatever. Things that sometimes it's a good idea to make a point to go back See, and relive all right. memories. So here's here's my defense on that. I think okay. you want the guy to do that. I want both because people to do women it. do that. I mean, it's a trope in our society that women file away every single thing a man says so they could bring it up later in an argument and use it against them. Well, that so may be true, but the I'm women talking about the good also, stuff. I know, but the women should also be filing away that good stuff, too, mm-hmm. to bring that up when there's a conflict. I, well, I mean both couples. I and we'll, Both people. Right. Yeah, Wait, both yes. couples? Well, all right. <laughs> yeah. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, so... Even if that's the only date that you have, let's say, especially for people who are during the child rearing days. I mean, I've got to think that's very difficult to find the time for the dates where the kids aren't part of the equation. Right. Or even uh, private time in the bedroom. Uh, even if you had the time in the bedroom when the kids are in bed, I would imagine that it's a little bit difficult for mom to how do I go here without totally going here? <clears throat> That's you just explained to, it. <laughs> to really be in the moment right. and and enjoy some intimate time with your partner. That's difficult when you're thinking about, you know, the kid that's been like, you know, spitting up on you all day. Having not been a parent, but I mean I get it. Um and so I would think plus that you that, have to keep things quiet in that room. That, sure, <laughs> I would think that no, because that's, yeah, <laughs> that's how it happens, it. right? Right, ladies. <laughs> I would think that uh, marriages definitely suffer during that time because I know how important. Not that sex isn't important for women too, but I know how important it is for men, and probably a lot of men uh, are. It feels like they're in a drought especially during the child-rearing years. Go on. I can't speak from my experience on that. I didn't, I didn't feel that during the child-bearing years with my first wife. No? No. No. How? I can't say... <laughs> how? 
getting with kids around though how the kids just knew not to the kids eventually sleep they eventually will go to sleep hmm. and they as long as they're in another room yeah what i don't understand is the people that let the kids sleep in the bed with them and everyone right. makes that a big family thing all the yeah, time yeah a lot of people that. do that yep you're right and and they're very happy with that and all that and i'm like eh, no no but you know fortunately at our age 26 we don't yeah. have to worry about the kids anymore or anything like that in our relationships. Yeah. I mean, my gosh, if at our age, the kids are coming to sleep in a bed with us. That's no, weird. No, with me, it would be like a cat sitting on the entertainment <laughs> center just staring across the way at the bed. Yeah. Or the, you know, or the, uh, the kitchen island. Yeah. Everybody come on over to my house. I'll feed you. Um, anyway. So uh, back to the the subject matter, I think that there is work involved that this person isn't discussing, but the work that's involved in trying to stay uh, connected and engaged and in love is so that you can weather the storm and look back and go, you know what, that's what commitment means. It means that there is the day to day and the drudgery and you have those little special moments that you couldn't imagine spending them with anybody else. And so even though every day it's like, all right, what do you want for dinner tonight? Asshole. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> well, I, certainly there's the, uh, the phrase familiarity breeds contempt. Mm-hmm. And, and that does happen in a relationship like that. I know, um, honestly, with, look at, Anything I say on the show is honestly. We we really you know present ourselves honestly on we the do. show. Uh, I think that uh, I'm not sure how to say this. <laughs> uh, I I think that that you, you I used to I used to be uh, very conservative in my values when it came to uh, relationships, and I and I still am conservative in them. I used to be against people uh, living together, shacking mm-hmm. up. I was taught mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. and stuff, and I w- uh, was it was always taught that that was a negative thing, and I used to think it was. Mm-hmm. But I gotta tell you, uh, my uh, current ex-wife, <laughs> yeah, uh, we dated off and on for twenty-five years before we got married. When right. we got married and started living together, there were things that I was not aware of. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't want to get specific here, you know, to impugn anyone or anything like that. But it made me realize after uh, that did not work out. and it, But that, you know what? I'm not against living together because you need to, there are things you need to know about day-to-day life of the people that may be red flags that may help you not make a mistake. Now, I know from a re- religious perspective, that's completely, you know, uh, out out of out of the realm of possibilities. But for me, being a non-religious person, I'm like, you know what? I I think, I mean, I I used to think a, as a non-religious person, thinking, you know what? Uh, living together shows a lack of commitment. It only shows a partial commitment, not a full commitment. So that's how I saw it. And also, you know, I do have a religious background, and there was a, obviously the religious overtones behind it. But to me, you don't, you really don't know a person until you live with them. Even when you've been dating off and on for 25 years. So there is a subject that I want to have on a future show because I think it um, could take a, a, a great deal of, of time. And it, it's what I'm thinking as you brought this up, it would go into that. And so without going too far into a subject i'd like to um make a full discuss show about more. right um i don't know if you need to test drive somebody if you love them i think it's more important to figure out if you are truly in love with them and can't imagine your life without them and then i believe that that's where the commitment comes in and if you're committed to them and they you then you will but see i think that goes against i think that goes against what the subject what the subject we're talking about now is the long term relationship because even in what you read it was saying yeah sure it's all 
uh, unicorns and rainbows at the beginning, mm-hmm. to me, when it's all unicorns and rainbows, that's not when you make those lifetime decisions to stick together for the rest of your life. Well, You've got to know a little bit more about them than the unicorns and rainbows. You do, but you but you learn about them before you decide to get married, before you decide to live together. I yeah. mean, I don't think people should jump into this kind of thing. I think you do need to learn about a person. I, I dated on and off for 25 years, you think you know someone. I agree. I so that, do agree with a, that. Yeah, it's, that's a toughie. But getting back to the subject, yep. which is marriage, I love marriage. I think marriage is great. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as I will mock it and make fun of it and stuff right. like that. Because you're crusty and... That's right, as a single person. And, and <laughs> right. you know, and I'm a very sarcastic person. Right. And, and right. so I, you know, mock everything, including myself. But I think, yeah, it is. it is a marathon and not a sprint. Yes. And there are things you will learn. Patience, compromise. Especially, you know, the first time when your significant other gets sick. Yeah. And violently ill and has Mm -hmm. to vomit. And you may have to clean that up. That's really. (laughs) You know the thing, you you see this in movies and you read it in in Harlequin romances. Um, (laughs) I don't. Somebody... Somebody, there's the, there's that person that loves you, and they hold your hair back. Nobody right. has ever held my hair back to vomit. <laughs> That's just weird to it's me. It's supposed to be I don't best want friend somebody, in a bar. I don't want somebody standing over there smelling my vomit oh, and I watching know. it go all over the toilet lid and into the toilet. And you know what? I don't want to be that person. It's, it's like, you know what? You got to vomit. It's the bathroom's it's that way. Th- right? I'm going to be three houses down the street. Yeah, same, because I don't want to be there when you're vomiting, and I sure don't expect you to be there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also, the uh, not to get too gross, but I cannot help myself, there's also when you walk into the bathroom after they've dumped something, and, and it still smells like they dumped something, and it's like, well, that's not very ladylike. Unfortunately, there's not much you can do about that. But that's some of the familiarity that comes with the long-term relationships. Well, there should be, you you just, listen, everybody, if you're new at this, make sure you have a house that has at least two bathrooms and designate one of them as the number one bathroom and the number two bathroom. And that way, (laughs) at least you know what to expect. If you go in that one, be prepared if somebody else has been in there recently. Put it, hang a sign on the door, maybe, and turn the sign over when it's, you know. Maybe have a smell detector. You know what? I think, I think you just came up with something. I think if we have a smell detector, like a smoke uh-huh. detector or a CO2, there should be a poop smell detector so that when you're walking towards a bathroom, you see this little light. If the light's red, right. do not go in red. there. <laughs> or if it's green, how about we create a new job, a smell inspector? <laughs> and they do like random drop-in visits. <laughs> drop-in. Drop-in. <laughs> To just, uh, I'm not sure. What would be the point? I don't know. I was thinking when you said that, I was thinking, you mean at fancy restaurants or something like that where there's someone out there <laughs> like, could, outside do going, a... do not go in there. Yeah, that would Hold be on good. a second. They open the door. <laughs> um, now, I think about four more minutes now, should be okay. Now, who's the person that's going to volunteer? For, or not volunteer. Not volunteer. But it's going to be a paid job. It's got to be pretty that's good That's going to be a high paid job. Would you job. do that job for $50 an hour? No. No, I would not. You want more money for 50 an hour to I, just smell I don't know a if I would bathroom? Do, because you know what? It's that one time. It's the one time. <laughs> the one time it's going to be the smell that's going to make you vomit. And then you're never going to be able to Listen smell poop to you, ever again. little wussy man. No, there's going to be one time. Because believe me, I'm a man. I've been in You've many... changed kids' bought, uh, I know, diapers. But, but I have yeah, that's, that's kid. I've been in bathrooms in, in uh, truck stops and gas stations <laughs> yeah. where it's like, yeah. what the, what yeah. the, who yeah. the blew this place up? And if I worked in a restaurant being the sniff detector and I smelled something that was the worst thing that made me vomit, yes. that would make me so susceptible that I'd I'd vomit just smelling even a little bit at that point. You know I, you know what I mean? I do, but you know what? No, the smell of poo and farts has never made me vomit. And so I you mean, know not why? I'm in. you haven't gone into the men's restroom at a truck stop. Oh, come on, how bad can it be? I have stomach problems, all right? It's like a camel crawled up in there and died. I I, I don't know. I think for the right pay, hell yeah. Open up that door. I'll go in there and take a sniff. If all I have to do is sniff it, make good money, <laughs> I'll sniff it. I'll sniff it all day. <laughs> yes, I will. 
So anyway, yeah, marriage. <laughs> I think that yes, this this article is a little bit of a downer, but it's also also reality. And I think a little bit more reality is really important because the truth is is. There are a lot of just normal days, and you right. are kind of like roommates rather than, Adam, yes, Eve, come over here and pinch my boobie or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to keep it, you know. Yeah, I agree. G or PG. I, I agree. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, uh, oh, wait a minute. You're trying to keep PG. What, what would Eve be wanting Adam? <laughs> I'm not going to go there. Just use your imagination. <laughs> but I don't have an imagination. Go ahead. Oh, Adam, <laughs> come on over here and pinch my earlobe. <laughs> no, I'm not going there. Earlobe? <laughs> Maybe Ugh. some women are into that, okay? Worst porn ever. <laughs> That's all I got for you. <sighs> anyway, um, now, before we move on, though, you guys... Some of y'all are married or you're in long-term relationships. And I would be curious to know what you think about this specifically, because I do think a dose of reality. I, I think that, you know what, when people do marriage counseling, I've never done pre-marriage counseling. It'd be interesting to know what they talk about, because if they're not talking about this, then they should be, because it does not set people up for the reality. Right. And that's why, well, we've talked about this. Uh, actually, it was a Facebook conversation. I think the whistles and the bells and the unicorns and the ding dong and the this and the that. I think, that, thank you. I think that is important because I want that at some point and it's probably not going to happen later. So I need it early on. Right. Thank you. <laughs> All right. You can contact us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Snack a Little. <laughs> Let us know. Or you could leave a leave a message. Which leave a love. message on our dedicated listener line. It's 909-572-0278. Give us a call. Leave us a message there and uh, let, let us know what you what you think on this subject. Mark, have you been Facebook creeping? Well, somewhat. So, uh, so I have a, a friend of mine from high school uh, that we uh, correspond back and forth on uh, Facebook, either publicly or in private messages and stuff. And I forget exactly what brought it up, but it was something about summer school or something like that came up. And I said, oh, yeah, I, I went to summer school. Oh, and you know, I had asked this person. We went to high school together. We mm -hmm. attended. We had, I think, uh, we worked in the drama class together. I think he was part of the stagecraft building stuff, and I was part of the actor part. But anyway, uh, uh, nice enough guy, and we become, you know, friends as, as adults and stuff. Anyway, I I asked him, you know, where he went to school because mm -hmm. I I only knew him from high school. As it turns out, he went to the same middle school that I did. But he went to a different elementary school, and he gave mm -hmm. me his address. Or you know, he said, "Oh, I lived in this area of town." Mm -hmm. And I said, "Oh, I went to summer school at that that school." I said, "You know, but I I was there because my mom was a teacher there, and uh, so I got a free ride every day because the school was certainly outside of my um, uh, range. Let's say. Well, now think about it. No, it wasn't really, but that gets into local geographics. You guys don't need to know about that. Okay. Yep. But." Uh, Anyway, I went to summer school there and I told him, I said, yeah, you know, it's funny because I, the only, I remember meeting people there that I don't remember meeting in middle school, even mm -hmm. though that, that elementary school fed into the middle school that I went to. But, I, and I said, I remember this one guy and he was a wacky nutty guy like me, you know, mm -hmm. kid, I was a goofball, believe it or not. Um, and I remember him because he had a very unique name, which I am not going to use on this show, and you'll understand why. But okay. He had a very unique name. I remembered him. So I was texting back and forth with my friend, Ing and he goes... Ingve Malmsteen? Yeah, that's Am I even right. saying it was, that it right? Ingve Ingve Malmsteen. Yes, it was Ingve okay. Malmsteen. The okay. guy was amazing right. at guitar. No. <laughs> right. But it, but it was a unique name. In fact, uh, off the show, I will tell you, because you might know this person. Oh, okay. Possibly. Yeah. Oddly enough, just quickly, aside from the story, Mark and I met about, now I guess it's been 12 more years. Than, yeah, yeah. 12 years. And we met through a mutual friend and we have found out through the years that we had many mutual friends right. and acquaintances yeah. that not going to the same school or anything like that. So yeah, anyway, very interesting. Well, but we do live in the same town and our, our high schools are the two high schools that are near each other. Well, that's true. I mean, in that sense. Yeah, we lived... 
Yeah, we've always lived close, it sounds like. Right. Um, and yet never knew each other until yeah. later in life. Amazing. So anyways, I threw out this guy's name and this friend of mine said, that guy was an asshole. Oh. He, he was bad. He did this and that. And mm -hmm. so we're, we're, he's telling me some of the terrible things he did. That This guy just became a total dick in school and stuff. And and he even said, he goes, oh, yeah, he he uh, uh, he he carjacked someone when he was 15. What? He he was carjacking when carjacking wasn't cool. Right. And he was a white guy. He was doing it as a white guy, white people in general. I'm sorry. It's just the reality. Carjacking is not. It's it's something that the black community invented, if you will. So if you want to send your hate mail. <laughs> anyway, okay, and go ahead. Anyway, and, and that's what this friend said. He goes, he was he was doing it. He was a white guy doing it before anyone else was. Mm -hmm. And told me, so I, while we were having this discussion, this text discussion back and forth, I went to Facebook to look for this guy to say, well, whatever became him, because I remember him as a wacky, nutty guy that was a lot of fun to be around. Yeah, you know, which I hope people think that of me from back in that era. I, well, I hope they think that of me now. Uh, anyway, so I went and looked on. Oh my gosh, Jana, this oh. guy had had uh, not only tattoos on his face. Yeah, I know everyone has tattoos nowadays, mm -hmm. and you know, I'm not a fan of tattoos at all. He had a swastika, right on his the center of his collarbone right Whoa. at the base of his neck amongst all the other stuff right there can't hide swastika. that yeah and it was just like oh my gosh and i sent this picture to my buddy who we were talking he goes he goes uh typical of that guy anyways i looked at this guy and he so my friend i was talking to he said that he's surprised that this guy's even still alive because he was hmm. such an asshole and and, mm -hmm. and criminal and stuff like that um Anyway, I also sent him a picture. This was off this guy's Facebook page, so mm -hmm. it's, it's right out there in the public. <laughs> it was his thigh, his entire thigh from the knee all the way up, mm -hmm. a tattoo on there yes. of Hitler, freaking oh. Hitler. And I'll show you the picture. I'm not going to post the picture on wow. our Facebook and all that stuff because with... Uh, you know what? I'm trying to keep this person as anonymous as possible so he yeah. doesn't come after me. Yeah. But it was... Smart. Well, of course, I, you know what? How many people have Hitler on their leg well, like that? that's oh, true. No. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we ought to not air this Maybe. podcast. <laughs> now I think about it. I mean, that's putting it out there. Unbelievable. And, and the other thing wow. is that, that uh, all his his whole Facebook profile was created... Uh, what eleven years ago? That's interesting. In in this day and age, with all of the censoring, well, that, it was cre all these pictures were dated from uh, eleven years ago. Uh -huh. No new pictures or anything at all. Oh, and I even scrolled through the comments that I could read because mm -hmm. you know see, when you're not a friend, yeah. you don't always get to see all of them, and there wasn't anything current. So mm. I suppose there's a possibility he is not with us anymore. Interesting. But I'm still surprised that 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 is still that that's allowed on there. Yeah, You know, you know I, I didn't think of that aspect of it at all because I was so shocked because then the discussion went to, you know, you never know what's going to happen to people that you think are, you know, good people or something like that, that, you know, or fun people. Let's say, right. like I said, I knew him in what it was probably fifth or sixth grade, summer yeah. after fifth or sixth grade. And, and this guy was a fun guy to goof off and, you know. I never would have thought that. Right. Unreal. Wow. And so that got me to thinking while I was in this discussion about someone else who had a, now, mind you, cannot always, always, and maybe only sometimes, mm -hmm. blame the parent for the behavior of the kid. Yeah. But a few years back, about three or four years ago, I don't know if you remember this story, but... uh because I, I don't know if you were paying attention to the local paper uh, as, as much as I used to back when mm -hmm. I used to get it. But there was a religious thing. Uh, I won't say religious group because I don't want to. Anyways, there was a church that had a few guys from the church. The pastor had these two guys take this 12-year-old boy out to the desert, make him dig a hole, and they uh, bound him up and they were pretending to bury him in it. And then they pulled him out and Whoa. took him back to the pastor's house where he was tortured and molested. <gasps> and this it was a horrible story. 
I was reading this, just horrified by the whole thing. Who would do that? In the, and under the guise of a, it was the pastor had these two guys do this to right. this kid. And it, look, the kid, I have no idea about the kid and how bad he, I mean, look, he could have been a bad seed, but still that kind but of still. stuff. It's, this is, that's for my pastor. Yeah, that's disgusting. Doing this. So they all three got arrested, the pastor Good. and these two guys. Okay. One of the guys, his name was such and such junior. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's the name of a guy that I went to school with that, you know what? I could see that happening because this guy was – not that this guy was a complete asshole, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but just projecting what could have transpired. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that happening. I could see him being – not again, not that he was a badass, but he was kind of a – in school, and he was a very handsome guy in school, but he was kind of the – I don't know. I don't want to say party dude. I'm not sure what I'm going to what I'm trying to say cuz I'm trying not to blame the father for the sins of the son, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying that based on the father's behavior in school, I can see that the that the son would uh go down a path like that. And a horrible path. I mean, it's it's anyway, it, it, I was able I was actually able to while I was on discussion with my friend call that up and find that an article about that and send it to him. And he was and he knew the guy too. You know, that I was talking about because we all went to grade school together, even though we didn't, my friend and I didn't know each other in grade school. But uh, you just, you, and that got us into the discussion of you never know. But sometimes you do. Sometimes you do. So let me explain. Okay. Uh, so one of my best friends growing up, uh, he, so, okay, so I don't know if our foreign listeners or, or, or people in other parts of the United States will understand this. So here in our town, we have about, what, six or seven uh, high schools. We actually have two school districts and a bunch of high schools. Mm-hmm. We're a pr- pretty big uh, city here. We have one school with our one of our main districts, our bigger district, that is, uh, and this is so sad, it's Lincoln High School. Yeah. named It's Abraham Lincoln High School. But Lincoln High School is used as it's called a continuation yep. school yep. for the people that, that can't survive in regular high school because they're, you know, drug dealers or whatever, all the bad yeah, kids. Attitude. All the bad whatever, kids that cannot. Whatever their deal is, right, they're not dealing. <laughs> they end up going to Lincoln. Yeah. And Lincoln is like a juvenile delinquent hall. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, on the one hand, back in high school, you know, maybe you got a little bit of street cred being from Lincoln. Mm. But uh, my best friend, so my last two years of high school, I lived up in Oregon. Uh-huh. Uh, my last year in high school, and I would come down to visit occasionally, but we stay, we still stayed in touch. He ended up going to Lincoln. Now, he went to Lincoln because he never went to class. Mm-hmm. He was Mr. Okay. Social. All right. I mean, he was at school every day. Mm-hmm. He just didn't go to class. Yeah. And there may have been some uh, involvement in... Uh, Oh, okay. All right, all right, all right. And in doing some stuff involved with that. But uh-huh. but uh, anyway, so he ended up at Lincoln. And I came down to visit, you know, as I did every year. I came down to visit one time. And it was funny because I, the high schools in Oregon, got out like two weeks earlier than the high schools in Southern California. So I was already graduated. And I came down and, and visited him before he, uh, I guess, graduated from Lincoln. I guess you get to do that. Anyway, he... Uh, he had told me, no, you know what? It wasn't a visitation. It was a phone call back when phone calls cost $25 for 15 minutes. Right. But I remember a phone call that we had. He said, if you think about it, he goes, Mark, if you think about it, think of everyone that we went to grade school and junior high school with that would probably end up at Lincoln. Mm. And I said, yeah. He goes, they're here. And he, he rattled off a list of people. Yeah. <laughs> people that, and I said, well, that makes sense. And then, I, then of, course, of course, I started throwing out the, uh, what about so-and-so? What about so-and-so? What about so-and-so? Hold on, I got the uh, audio cue coming up too soon. Uh, I said, what about so-and-so? What about so He goes, oh, yeah, they're here. They're here. They're here. They're here. Hmm. So sometimes, so do you have any stories of that, of people that you went to high school with that either ended up at Lincoln that you could tell, yes, I could tell they were doing that or became bad people. I think that probably, but 
No, that you know of. Right. I mean, there because probably you, are, but I don't, I think. Yeah. See, you had, you had the, such a prissy little group of friends the, and stuff. I was just moving in the you wrong so circle or innocent. the right circle. You were so innocent I, in your circle of friends. And, and they protected you, me a lot, too. Yeah. There may be things that they could tell me. All right. Any of you, if you're listening, tell me. <laughs> um, here. Okay. Um, these people in high school went to, I don't think it was... I don't think it was senior night at Disneyland, but maybe maybe it was. I just know that there were uh, there were four people that I went to high school with who were I don't think they were bad people, but I'm pretty sure they were maybe a little bit on the stoner side. But I don't think they were bad right. necessarily. Right. Um, this isn't about them them being bad. This is uh, it makes me think of this though. There, uh, years, many, many, many years later, when I started working for the telecommunication company that I do, there was somebody that I was out, well, I was out working one day, and one of our repair techs happened to be out on a job that I went to, and it was just he and I, and we got to talking, and I put his name together with somebody that I knew of from high school and found out that this guy is the older brother of a guy that was my age that I went to junior high school and high school with never really knew him because again it was just different circles right he went to, to, to this disneyland like i said i don't remember if it was senior night at disneyland we do that here uh, or they used to anyway you guys uh, those of you from who are from around here you know about it i don't know if they did it uh right something like certain, that somewhere disneyland else. has certain times where it closes down in the evening for the general public and only yeah. people with tickets from a certain uh either a high school senior night or a certain company are allowed to go in that evening well, I haven't thought about this incident at all until recently. Uh, the older brother, who has since retired about, I don't know, five years ago from our company, and contacted me because they they know that I was the same age as his brother. Right. Okay, so, all right, I'm gonna get to the point. Please. His brother was <laughs> murdered at Disneyland. Oh, my gosh. And he was there with his date, his best friend, and his best friend's date, and my understanding was written up in the in the newspaper, the local newspaper, that there was a guy there who said that the guy who was murdered said something to this other guy's girlfriend or something happened that he was accusing him of doing something untoward. Right. And uh, the guy tried to pick a fight. And because I wasn't there, I don't know all of the, the the way the way they wrote about it in the paper. It looks like this guy was like totally taken by surprise. The dude guy, the bad guy, pulled out a knife and killed the friend. It took what I don't remember the time frame now. This is a minute ago. I mean, we are twenty seven after all. That's right. Um, it took a while for somebody to get there. They have medical wow. personnel, but I guess it took 30, 40 minutes or whatever. And I believe he bled out. Wow. And he died. All right. So it was horrible. We all knew I about this I don't even this know this story. Who, I am stunned. This is... So this brother, who, like I say, I worked with, my impression of him when I would be around him is that he was kind of crusty and just a little... Right. I mean, then it all made sense to me because it's like, how would that not affect you? I mean, he just might be that way. He might be like you. Right. A little crusty. <laughs> well, so he contacted Ladies. me recently and... Um, said, are you in touch with anybody from high school who might have some pictures or anything to share of my brother? And it occurred to me, I'm recently friends with somebody that I went to elementary school, junior high school, and high school with. We did move in different circles, but I'm very aware of her, especially more we had a little bit more in common when we were like, you know, in elementary school. And then we right. kind of just went different ways. Right. But very nice girl, as far as I know, she's still nice. So I sent her a message and asked her, I said, I seem to recall that you were friends with him. Right. And I wondered, because his brother asked me if there's anybody that I went to school with that might have some things that they can share of his brother. Right. I forgot that she was one of the four people that night oh. when he was murdered. She was right there. Oh. In fact, I told her I had totally forgotten that. I don't even know how somebody gets over something like that. Oh, my God. Anyway. Um, turn, unfortunately, it turns out that she or the friend don't have anything left. Darn it. So I can't share it with my friend. Right. So 
no, these this isn't somebody who was a, a, a horrible person, <clears throat> but it does make me think about, you know, things from the past and whatever happened to. Right, right. Um, I would have to talk with some of my friends, though, because I am curious. Also, though, on the other, on the flip side, I'd also like to know about people that you thought were like ne'er-do-wells and were going to end up in prison or dead, who turned it around, maybe at some point and thought, all right, this isn't the life for me, I got to go to college and... I'd I'd be I'd like to know how many of those success stories there might uh, be. Yeah, that I I guess so. That but that's not dirty laundry. <laughs> no, but it you know. No, I'm with you though. I'm with it, you. I'd be curious yeah. to know. If there are some where we're just we're just wrong. Right. I I yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for the murder story. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. Wow. Wow, I'm still blown away by that. Because Disneyland's covers covers up stuff like that. They well, don't and it was in our local paper. I mean, wow. There was a big write-up on that. So. Oh, my gosh. I know. It was very sad. Quite a... We're going to have to discuss that in the after show. But the, right in now... In the afterlife that you're going to say. <laughs> no, no. Is there something you know that I don't? <laughs> but right now, let's go to Paranormal Corner. What do you have for us this week? Well, did you know you can get your psychic kicks in Arizona's trippiest desert, man? Did. No. All right, well, fasten your seatbelt and the, adjust your mirrors. Is this it is, the Painted Desert? Oh, is, is that... It, is it... I'm, well, I'm trying to guess. Arizona go. Desert Places. Okay. Is it uh, 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 Petrified Forest? Mm, not unless it's part of... Okay, go ahead. I'll let you go ahead with your story. Sedona, which I haven't been oh. to, but it's on. it's way high up at the top of the bucket list. All right. The ultimate summer road trip, I don't know about that, because if it's hot, that is not the ultimate summer road trip for me in right. being in Arizona. <laughs> so you can cruise over to the rest of uh, your pit stops and offside, ro- offbeat roadside attractions, blah, 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 blah. But if you get turned around on the way to Sedona, population 10,341, there are a couple of ways to situate yourself. First, look for the massive stone formations suddenly jutting from the desert floor. Surreal reds and oranges towering over verdant green vegetation. Are they enveloped by sky so blue it inspires even the most inactive imagination? Okay. Now, look for the New Age Disneyland. Sedona is a city of psychics, tarot readers, Reiki healers, and crystal dealers. Mark, we gotta go. (laughs) That's like a year's worth of paranormal corner right there. Retail stores like Mystical Bazaar, Crystal Magic, and the all-encompassing Center for the New Age. And they cater to a very specific kind of tourist, those drawn to the area for its supposed metaphysical and spiritual assets. Now, before I go on any further, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind when I read about this is our experience going up to uh, Joshua Tree and the Integratron and the supposed metaphysical and all of that that's up there. And I'm thinking, is there something specifically about desert areas Hmm. Is there, or is it just that it's this, you know, something that just keeps being told through the through the years? Right. Is it a, is it a real thing, or is it a cultural thing? Thank you. In yes. That sense, yeah. Indigenous tribes have long regarded the area as sacred. It's the home of the Yavapi Apache, who hold a spring ceremony every year at Boynton Canyon, where the Great Spirit and Mother gave birth to the human race. Hmm. And according to these truth seekers, Sedona is one of the world's greatest hotspots for psychic energy, whirling and vibrating, creating pulling portals that enhance consciousness. The energy is so strong, so overwhelming. It's in italics. So how do you, you got to. Use you your italics it voice. Just right. It's overwhelming <laughs> that juniper trees twist and bend themselves over it. And I have a picture to prove it. Look. Okay, I see it. But you know what? I've seen that. The wind does a lot of stuff to juniper trees. It's psychic energy and metaphysical oh, whatnot, Mark. <laughs> I don't know about that. I've I've seen that at... Uh, Look, and here's a girl with an Adidas shirt with her arms up. <laughs> There's an ad in there. That's great. Thanks for sharing that. All right. So you're you're reluctant to believe that that's because the, it's the twisting trees and the... stuff. I I don't know. The Oregon vortex also have t- has twisted trees and stuff, but I have been 
outside of the Oregon vortex and outside of Sedona, and I've seen twisted trees and juniper bushes. Could it be that there's more than one vortex or metaphysical? Maybe that they I only suppose. do it where there's metaphysical. And I'm not as sensitive allergy. to those things as you are, so maybe. You know, well, maybe, I have to go here to maybe experience it's right. It to maybe, know. It, maybe it's right. The Sedona we know today began to emerge in 1980. That's relatively new as far as uh, being, I think when they say emerged, it emerged as a psychic wonder ground. Right. <laughs> After a psychic channeler named Paige Bryant referred to four of its most popular meditation spots, Airport Mesa, Cathedral Rock, Bell Rock, and Boynton Canyon as vortexes putting a word to a concept people were just starting to get familiar with. Grammar be damned. Amid these four scenic poles, psychic vibrations trembled more intensely. See, now when they're describing it like this, I don't know if these are her words, it's not in quotes, or if anybody who goes there is like, yeah, there's something. There's, and I'm trembling. Something's trembling within mm. me. I'm, there's a tremble. I'm skeptical of this stuff. People notice their skin tingling when close to the perceived energy source. Escaping to a higher consciousness Is this in the summer visitation easier. when it's 120 degrees? Because I've been out playing tennis in 110 degrees and my skin starts to tingle because I'm start, I'm gonna have a heat stroke. Because hmm. I literally, I even recently, uh, this past summer mm-hmm. here when we had that heat wave, yeah. uh, when I was out playing tennis, there was a couple times when I literally it was mm-hmm. like uh, uh, mine burns. Mine doesn't tingle. Yeah, well, I, it was it was like uh, getting goosebumps, and I oh. was like, that wow. was telling me I need to slow yeah. down because heat stroke's going to be on the way. Well, they say that escaping to a higher consciousness just came easier in this confluence where thoughts and feelings were amplified. Apparently, all of Sedona is one big amplifier. Don't visit in a bad mood. Bryant <laughs> describes the vortex locations as electric, I'm magnetic, <laughs> or electromagnetic. Others say female or male, positive or negative. If you want to get scientific about it, there's no actual measured magnetism or energy at these vortexes, but that doesn't mean the spiritualists made up what they felt. After all, studies have found that just being outdoors has immense immune boosting and mood altering benefits, plus increased clarity and concentration. Pete Sanders, and he's a MIT biochemical chemistry graduate who claims to connect spirituality with science. He has a free soul psychic education program. He says he wants to bring this stuff out of the woo-woo and into the wow-wow. For him... I want to put stuff in the (laughs) woo-woo. Oh, gosh. Mm. All right. For him, ladies, (laughs) the therapeutic benefits of the vortexes are directly related to the physical attributes of Sedona. Well, I'm sure. I mean, from the pictures. I mean, how could you not feel it it tingle? The high elevation, the deep canyons, the low population density, the blue skies for miles all combine to create optimal environment for relaxation and brain stimulation. Colors are so important in Sedona Pops. According to Sanders, the green of the vegetation signals growth, renewal, and hope to subconscious. Hope to the subconscious. As for red-orange, Sanders points to Uluru in Australia, a massive, similar-hued rock thought to hold spiritual significance. Again, hmm. the red-orange color is caffeine for the higher mind. And I have red hair, so I think that one could also just connect this and say that just looking at me is like caffeine for the mind (laughs) okay just a little side note now gentlemen all right sanders still has a little bit of woo woo in him he like many in sedona describe vortexes with the terms upflow or inflow you can ding that if you want (laughs) upflow sites tend to be at higher elevations mountains mesas and pyramid shapes places like bell rock and airport mesa where a panoramic visual of your surroundings helps put your place in the universe into perspective uh according to sanders it helps you with reflections while soaring to a higher perspective uh is what you want conversely inflow sites occur in areas closer to the earth near valleys canyons and caves and they assist with introspection and contemplation okay so if you were going to go and you could only do one or the other not from a visual standpoint. I'm not saying because being up on a panorama is going to be pretty amazing visually, you know, to see everything. Right. Being up on a mesa. Yeah. But 
if they were correct that one is about reflecting and having a higher perspective about what it is that you want versus introspection and contemplation, which one would you do first? If you could only do one per visit. Do you want I don't introspection know. or contem <laughs> and contemplation? No, because I get that. Or higher perspective. So it's a higher perspective would be maybe more about future, right? Whereas the other I one guess. is more about past. I don't and know. I'd present. like to get on top of a mesa and see the panoramic view. I, I'm just that, if, if, if we were using, um, <laughs> damn it, what's the word? If this was. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where you're going right now. <laughs> because I'd like to get on top of a mesa and see oh. a panoramic view. <laughs> Innuendo. <laughs> thank you. Thank that's the word you were looking yeah, for. Thank you. If I had a guitar and Groucho glasses, I'd be <laughs> yeah. All right. So no, you don't have a you just want to get on the Mesa. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy gives weekly seminars on the subject of vortexes and he's also built a go with the flow labyrinth for contemplation and stress reduction. You know what this reminds me of? A lot of the guy who built the Integratron. Uh, this one is open to the public. Right. Because the guy who built the Integratron was a rocket scientist, right? Right. With yep. uh, JPL or Brilliant something like guy, that, right? apparently, yes. And then he also did this spiritual thing, and yep. he kind of used his scientific background as his uh, cachet, right. if you will, in order for people to believe the psychic vibe stuff. So I think this guy is doing the same type of a thing. And might I say, so far. this is... To be skeptical, this is traditional magician stuff. Okay. And sorcerers. Sleight of hand. The sorcerers from the old days weren't necessarily sorcerers. They were apothecaries. They could they knew which things to blend to make yeah. a little smoke yeah. bomb that would do I smoke or sparks and stuff like that. Yeah. And you know, people were like, Well, he's a magician. He's amazing. It's like, no, no, he's a chemist. Well, so far this is free. You can contemplate, you can experience stress reduction. You just have to look for the walkway between the tennis courts and the basketball courts, and you can find his See, labyrinth. there, I'm out again. I would Parkings stop at the tennis the courts. Near the mini golf course. I would be stopping at the tennis courts, and I'd be playing tennis. So, so what about those <laughs> twisted juniper trees? Thought by some to bend toward the energy vortexes, Mark. Uh, they seem to be a victim of the dramatic lay of the land. If you're at a site where it's a mountain canyon or a mountain next to a canyon that tends to accentuate wind currents, right. which would make the trees twist a little bit more than usual. Though the twisted trees are unique to a certain landscape, the benefits of vortexes aren't limited to special locations. If you look at vortexes in terms of upflow and inflow, it follows then that you don't actually need to be in Sedona, although I still want to go to Sedona. Just find yourself a site high up or low down, natural or man-made, although if it's man-made, try to pick one with an abundance of natural materials. Concrete counts. Hmm. Hmm. In Manhattan, for example, Sanders suggests going to the Empire State Building to get the most out of sight. Wherever you are, you try meditating. Uh, now, I'm just going to list the places where you can experience vort vortexes in Sedona. So get your pens and papers and by ready. By the way, I, I got to say, earlier in this, they said uh, uh, grammar be damned or whatever, because uh -huh. it's vortices is the oh. plural. Oh. But they're using vortexes. That's gotcha. why they made okay. that. Because oh, okay. every, every time you say vortexes, yeah. I get where they're going, and I, I'm, I'm good with it. But yeah. my brain is saying vortices, vortices. Well, that's awkward. It doesn't sound right. Vortexes sounds better. Right. <laughs> All right. Airport Mesa. It's approximately to the center of town. Makes the upflow Airport Mesa one of the most trafficked vortices, which <laughs> means you probably won't have it to yourself. The panoramic views are breathtaking, and I won't go into all of that. Some people say that they see colored orbs, and the stars even seem close enough that you can touch them. Bell Rock, one of the most recognizable formations. Bell Rock is shaped like a huge standing bell. It's viewed as an upflow site. Many have reported a tingling sensation on exposed skin. Uh, and it has some of the strongest vibrations felt on the north side. Uh, so do I, ladies. <laughs> Cathedral Rock. This is only one of the big four with inflow energy, encouraging you to slow down and be introspective. The vortex is found where the oak trees, Oak Creek runs next to the Cathedral Rock and it's called Red Rock Crossing. Boynton Canyon, it's a spiritual home of the Yavapi Apache and considered the most sacred of the big four, also known as the Kachina Woman Vortex Site. It's both an inflow and an upflow site. Well, that's the place to go then. Right. Get it all, get it all. 
with the canyon as the inflow and the ridges and peaks as upflow. And finally, the Chapel of the Holy Cross, built in the Red Rocks. The Chapel of the Holy Cross was actually inspired by a visit by Marguerite Brunswick Stoud to the Empire State Building. Well, maybe there, because you, because, because. <laughs> it overlooks Sedona, and despite it being a Christian monument, it's believed to be full of vortex energy. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Right. Well, because this isn't really a religious thing. This is more about New Agey. Right. Either way, it's a stunning place to visit. Oh, sorry. There's a place also called Eagle's Nest, which is, uh, I'm trying to see if it's an upflow or an inflow. It doesn't actually say. And Schnubbly Hill. Uh, it's a remote scenic overlook that's literally quite off the beaten path. It's, you have to have an off-road vehicle I to get there. Oh, my thrill. Oh, and it's one on of the... Schnubbly Hill. You're on one of the highest plateaus in Sedona, on Schnubbly Hill. Hmm. Um, so then, would it be fair to say that you're a skeptic and you don't know whether or not a person's actually going to I would, experience, I would, uh, you know? I, I, would, I would say uh, they may, if, especially if they're told ahead of time and prepped ahead of time. I'd like to blindfold a sensitive person, take them there and say, well, do you feel the upflow or the downflow? In fact, I could take you there. That's true. Say, so if any of our... <laughs> If any of our listeners live around Sedona and have a free room to share, <laughs> we'll come visit. I'll blindfold Jana and take her to each of these spots and have her tell me what do you feel where now? she's at. Well, what do you, now? Do you feel it now? What do you feel now? <laughs> All right. Better people. this way. Better this way. Better this way. Better this way. <laughs> you can go to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. At Snack A Little. And you can just let us know what you think about today's show. Also, if you'd like to give us a phone call, we'd love to hear from you, especially talk to us about your relationships. You can call us at 909-572-0278. Let us know what you think about this. Yes. Are you in a drudgery-filled marriage or relationship? How do you deal with it? 